Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And thankfully, I'm not sleepless or lost in Seattle anymore. Right, Sarah? <laughs> oh, we were a little bit lost in Seattle recently, weren't we? On uh, your birthday. <laughs> on my birthday. So so here was a story. Is I was supposed to go out for a four-mile run. That was on my training plan. And uh, and Sarah was like, well, Lake Union, it's a, it's a perfect 10K, you know, and I'm like, fine, 2.2 miles more, you know, at a leisurely pace. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. How, how far do we end up running? Oh, that would be uh, a little over eight miles, I think. Yeah, I think it was actually a little a little under, but close enough. It was eight miles, which, again, from 6.2 to eight, well, it's, it's a pretty big jump, actually, <laughs> I feel like. Um, but yeah, it was kind of funny. So I mean, why don't you set it up a little bit, yeah. Sarah? So we were, so Dimity and I were in Seattle because we were speaking at a running day event at REI at the uh, request of one of our marketing partners, Noon Electrolyte Hydration Tablets. So I drove up there and Dimity flew there. And I, having been to Seattle several times, just I adore running in that city. It's just there's tra- trails everywhere, paved trails, and it's just tons of water and great vistas. And it's a very running-friendly, bike-friendly town as well. And so I knew that I wanted to – we were only going to be there for like 24 hours or less, and I knew I wanted to optimize my running opportunities there. So I drove up and ran – gosh, I guess I ran uh, 10 miles on – Friday evening when we got up there, when I got up there. And then before but before we headed out there, I was like, okay, Dim, what are we going to do on Saturday? What are we going to run? And that's when we decided we would do the, the perfect 10K <laughs> around Lake Union. <laughs> or uh, the perfect eight miles, 7.9. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, so I had known from doing the 10, 10 miles, though, that it wasn't around Lake Union. It's not exactly like a trail per se, that, that you're a lot on sidewalk and so it's not, you know, it's not something like along Lake Michigan and Chicago where... Yeah, you're, you're not hugging the waterfront the whole time. And the other the other thing is that it's not... Lake Union feeds into another lake. So mm-hmm. it's not a circle, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not its own body. Mm-hmm. It's So that, I mean, that's what threw us. Yes. And, I, and in my defense, I have always found Seattle geography very confusing because of that, that it's like, oh, okay, is this a lake or is this like the cut that leads from one lake to another? And, and you know, oh, or is this, yeah. I don't know, is this actual seawater coming in here? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So in your defense, I mean, so, so like long story short is we, we ran about four miles and we, we were on the right path, but we were supposed to top up and go over a bridge that we didn't know about. Uh-huh. And so we ended up running down by the university of Washington, which I mean, the, uh, the other thing that happens a lot when you're in a new spot and especially when you're with a friend and chatting uh-huh. is you don't pay attention as well as you should. Uh-huh. And um, and so I think that that kind of happened to us because we definitely got a little just sidetracked. Well, and, um, because particularly because the place where the 
pardon me for interrupting you, but the, the place where the we were supposed to go up over the overpass, we completely noticed it because it, for some reason it's that's where a big sign is that says Wall of Death. And you oh, yeah, and I, that's right. That's what you, and, what you and I were like, huh? What does that mean? And and so it's it's this you're in under you're in an underpass or you're there's an overpass over your head. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. <laughs> and so it says wall of death, and there's kind of, I don't know, some street art and maybe kind of like a sculpture there. So it definitely it stood out in our minds, but it, there's no sign that says, Hey idiot, this is where you go across a bridge to get back to your hotel. To, to Lake to, Union, yeah. yeah. Yes. This is how you get back to the Fairfield Inn or wherever we were staying. Yeah, right. yeah, right. totally, yeah. totally. So, um, so yeah. So then, so then, you know, we stopped. We realized because all we saw off in the distance was this, you know, was the lake that Lake Union led to, and I'm like. Holy cow, Sarah! We are not running around that too. Like that is like a fifteen mile run, right. and uh, we're like, wait, how do we get back? And so there was an older couple, um, kind of near near us, and then there was um, a, a running couple, a, a man and a woman together, mm-hmm. and we opted to ask the. Or I was like, Sarah, go ask the running couple. <laughs> and meanwhile, the the older couple, while you were talking to them, the older couple was like, "Are you guys lost?" And I'm like, "As a matter of fact, we are." Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and she she uh, looked like a rower, which there are a lot of in Seattle because there's great rowing programs up there. And I think you and I maybe were thinking, oh, she's a rower just like we used to be like we can trust her, you know. So so and and also you had suggested at, at mile three. You said, "Oh, okay, we should turn around now." And I'm like, "Oh, no, no, no. This is a, you know, it's a it's a whole route. It's not it's a loop. It's we don't have to turn around." Yes, that yes, that actually. <laughs> I forgot that detail. And that's that's my rule from both, unless I know where I'm going, uh-huh. you know, or I have a map, which is the other thing. <laughs> we get back to the hotel room and Sarah pulls out this pocket map that fits would have fit perfectly in a pair of capri pockets. I mean, it wasn't a big map. And I'm like, okay, Sarah. And I was, I said in a very controlled, calm voice, I said, Sarah, next time you have a resource like that, I'm happy to carry it. <laughs> you also, because, you had said several times before that, I'd like it if when we go to a new city, we could have our course mapped out. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, and I'm, but... that's fine. It's fine. I just, you had said that. And then, then you were, I could tell you were like, okay, I'm not going to scold here. I'm not going to chastise. But if, if we ever have a map like that, I'm happy to bring it with us. <laughs> because you know what? I would have brought it with us. And then we would have seen that we go over that, that bridge. The but wall yes, of we, death. We, we hit, um, we hit 3.1 miles and I was like, okay, let's turn around. And you're like, oh no, no, no. Because yeah, I mean, that's my rule is an out and back unless you, you know, unless you're on a path that is so clearly marked. And I bet you if we went back to see it again, we could find a much more clearly marked path. I think it was a little bit of us talking, a little of us and with a combination of us not being very well versed in the the way that the path is laid out. Yeah. And also when we were got down by U dub, we that's when we were like, okay, we have no money with us, no credit oh, cards. Yes. <laughs> and and well, we have that detail. Too. That's why the story, I'm like, this story isn't so funny, but now I'm, now I'm remembering. Yeah. yeah. We had our phones, no money, no ID and no credit card. Yeah, so that, that was a good, that was a really good call for, you know, these quote unquote running experts who, you know, dole out advice on, on topics like safety and being prepared. Right. So right. I'm like, okay, well we can take a cab, you know, we can take a cab back to the hotel and we can run up and get the money. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that that was an issue was time constraints. We didn't know how far away we were, and we needed to be at REI at ten. Mm-hmm. And it was inching up on like nine o'clock, and mm-hmm. we need showers, pack up, 
you know, I definitely needed some food at that food, point because yeah. I mean, I remember we hit like six and we didn't have any food with us, so <laughs> you know, no goo or other nutrition. So like, I'm like, I need food, you know, like, so that, so it was a very kind of stressful situation just uh-huh. as far as like not wanting to. Yeah. We had no, we had no noon with us despite noon bringing us up bringing to us Seattle. In, yeah, we, had, we had nothing, we had nothing, but you know, our phones were, you know, we're both kind of plugging in. Oh, that's the other thing that was so funny. So, you know, when you use your little Google maps or whatever the map app is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Usually I get this annoying thing at the top, or it's not annoying. It's, it's useful, but you know, you either are going by car, bike or foot, right. And you get uh, po- yeah. poke it in. And the only reason yeah, or public transportation, it, yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes is that you're like, Oh, well, I'm like, why is it going to take me seven hours to go, you know, 15 miles? Oh, because I have, I'm on the walk. I'm in the pedestrian option. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, oh, great. We can use the pedestrian option on my phone. Finally, phones, finally, you know? we can use the pedestrian option. <laughs> <laughs> Can't figure out how to turn the flipping thing on. For some reason, it doesn't come up this time. And I don't know if that's with the new system upload that I just did or whatever, but I'm like, no, I don't want to go on highway five or whatever. Right, the major that's what highway it was. Is. It told like, us how to get back to the hotel my i5 it's like yeah not an option <laughs> oh my oh yes. yeah see now it's all coming it's uh, all coming back to me now i was about to say we've we've just blanked it out of our minds <laughs> yeah that's that one was so funny so it was a not doing turning around b not having anything with us mm-hmm. including a map or any cash or any way to know where we're going and c not being like because the where you ran the day before was you did an out and back and you mm-hmm. didn't do lake union so Right, I did part um, of yeah, part of Lake Union, but then I veered off onto the Burke Gilman Trail. So yeah, yeah. oh right. well, it was just so, a cavalcade of mistakes were made. Yes, uh, but then we're like, oh sweet, we ran eight miles. Well, that's right. We took the picture of them be at the hotel. So that that's got to be the picture for the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. Yeah. Well, also, so we were pleased ultimately that we ran eight miles, and also we were like, sweet podcast fodder. <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So today, the, the this is not just all about our run in Seattle, but we're talking about reasons to stop training or perhaps not start training for a race at all. And and this whole idea for this podcast came to me when you made the decision to stop training for Boulder 70.3 for the half Ironman. So what you wrote a, a wonderful post about, and, and we then took some of the comments from that, that women had left and, and are, have sprinkled it throughout the podcast. And so kind of, um, you know, tell us, fill us in on what, what, how you reached the decision to stop training for your half Ironman. Um, let's see. I mean, it it was definitely, the first thing was, it was a gut feeling, (laughs) um, in that it it, is never sat super well with me. I mean, you know, rewinding all the way back to Ironman last year, I sat down with Bree, my coach after the race, we probably talked for an hour, just, you know, laughing and and recapping and stuff. And, and I remember saying, I really want to do a fast half. Like I really felt like I'd found my sport. You know, I think that the, the three different disciplines work really well for my body and my mind. And then that I could go, I'm, I'm pretty good at going for long distances. Um, so I was like, wow, let's see what I can do. Like, I want to be ambitious and not just finish. Um, and, and, you know, I want to see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Cause you had, you had done previous that you'd done two half Ironmans. Yeah, I did two a long time ago. And then I did one oh. in preparation for the Ironman. So the, it was a training race. But on that day, I mean, I think I went, 
I can't remember exactly, but I was in the 540s, which was like easily half an hour, if not faster than I'd ever done any other one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was like, wow, look what happens when I'm really trained well. Well, of course I was really trained well because I was going to go twice the distance, (laughs) right? But anyway, so I mean, so that was like, okay, I've got, I'm going to create this little nugget of ambition and put it out there and I want to go 70.3. See what I can do. Um, And then it just, you know, and then I stopped training. And that was nice. And I definitely needed to do that. I definitely needed to take a break. I could not have kept going. I mean, um, you know, swim bike mom, um, Meredith was talking about doing another Ironman after Coeur d'Alene. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I just like the idea of that was so hard. She ended up not doing it. Um, and I don't know exactly her reasoning for signing up or not signing up, but Mm -hmm. I mean, just knowing that that kind of just created this sense of nausea in my stomach made me know that that was not the right choice for me. (laughs) Um, and yeah. And so then I started training again and I kept saying, well, I'll start after this. I'll start after Tinkerbell. I'll start after Princess Half Marathon. You know, I'll, I should be getting in the pool, but I don't really want to get in the pool. Mm. And, you know, and it was just a lot of, I just, at the, at the end of the day, I didn't want it. Like, I just didn't feel like I had anything to prove mm-hmm. because, okay, maybe I go, you know, 20 minutes faster, which is great. I mean, that's definitely a very strong performance mm-hmm. and sure. I would feel very proud of that. But at the same time, it's like three or four months of really concentrated, hard training to get those 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, you know, an equation that I have to think about, like, is that worth it to me right now in my life? Mm-hmm. And, um, so there was, there was that. And, and the other parts of my equation were Grant, my husband, uh, as I talked about earlier, he was trying to qualify for Boston. He got injured. You know, I don't want to, talk about his life. I want to respect his privacy and choices here, but he ended up not running. Um, and that was emotional and tough, um, for both of us. And it's just been this, you know, and we're traveling with another mother runner a lot and we're doing the challenge and we're trying to write a book. And I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like I, I, I'm a woman who gets things done, Mm -hmm. but at some point I got to be like, okay, is this, is this a sane choice? Is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. And when I, um, when I sat down with it, you know, I was like, I, I don't want this race. Mm -hmm. I don't want this race. And yes, could I have gone and done it? Absolutely. I mean, I could go do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and finish in a fine time and be fine with it. But I, like I said, I don't feel like I need to do that right now. I don't have this urge inside of me. And I feel like, like I wrote in the post, you know, I, it's calling it going a big or epic or whatever, but whether it's a marathon or a half Ironman or sometimes even Olympic distance triathlon, cause those take, you know, three plus hours sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and definitely an Ironman. I mean, anything that's going to take you, you know, at least four hours and require huge, huge chunks of time to train for, like you've got to want it, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to want it like with 90% of your being. Mm-hmm. And I would say Boulder to me was 55, 60, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> maybe. And, um, and then I'll stop talking in a minute, but the last thing is that I was out on a bike ride by myself. And all I kept thinking was all I did last year was train by myself. I mean, I had the best intentions to train with friends and, and some other women in my neighborhood or women that I know, that are also endurance athletes. Um, and it just never aligned, like whether our training schedules are different or, you know, injuries or whatever it was, it just never aligned. And I was out on the bike by myself and I'm like, gosh, here I am again, all by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not, this is not fun to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I spend a lot of the day 
by myself, you know, working, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have contact and Lord knows I'm on email and social media a lot, but I am by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was the most interesting to me when I was on my bike was like, oh, Pikes Peak Ascent, which I'm signed for in August. My friend Catherine signed up for it. My friend Becky signed up for it. My friend Gina signed up for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all speedy little rabbits that <laughs> are in the wave ahead of me and I won't see them at all. But that doesn't mean I don't get to train with them and kind of share the joy of the race and, and be with them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're definitely going to have some training weekends together. And that is way more exciting to me than going fast in Boulder. Yeah. I have to say, I will step down now. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> like I'm just giving, giving a soliloquy. Like now, now I need to do a little. No, know. no, no, no. So, so, and before we get to some of the kind of specific reasons why people might stop training and and why they could equally feel as good about their decision that they made, I want to say that I really respect that you. I respect your decision, and I respect that you made the decision, Dimity. That Thanks. that too often I think injury has stopped you from from going after some goals you want, and you are a very determined person who gets done what she sets out to do, and so for you to step back, examine your life, and make that decision and embrace that decision, and then feel good about that decision, I really feel that is a major milestone for you, and I applaud I applaud you for it. Thanks so, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So so I alluded to one of the reasons that that's um to stop training and it's i th- this one is um and that's injury and that's often the most obvious hit you over the head reason but i also think it's the one that some people just are not willing to acknowledge and accept you know i mean and and sure sure you know. oh well it's it's this it's this mentality gosh my hip really hurts well i'll deal with it after i finish my marathon yeah you know yeah. And so you you dig yourself into this deep, deep hole getting through 26.2 so that when you're done, you're in such a bad spot that it's going to take you eight months to dig out versus if you would have stopped, mm-hmm. you know, when it really hurt and you could have been better in, in two months, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's ultimately so. So as, you know, listeners of the podcast or readers of our book will know, I'm I'm the half of this AMR duo that has not been injured very often. But when, when I did finally get felled by an injury, which was plantar fasciitis, in spring. Let's just throw out that word, though. That was great. You got felled by an injury. <laughs> we got to have some lightness in this podcast. Otherwise, I'm going to end up in tears. So. <laughs> Should we, we could throw in some music maybe or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so so when, when, it, when PF reared its ugly head in the spring of 2011, you know, uh, it was a big thing for me to be like, okay, this is bigger than me. This, uh, this is not something I can just try to limp through. And that I had to realize that running a fall marathon that year was out of the question. And I was, you know, I had been really looking forward to training with Molly. My, you know, at the time we were just sort of beginning to be running partners and she was going to go for her first marathon. And I just knew, like you said, that if I started training for that marathon, that I was just going to be in a way deeper hole than I started out in and that take, you know, that I could, should take two, three months off to get over my plantar fasciitis or, or help, you know, start it on its way to recovery rather than just literally limping through my training and then dealing with it. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's that whole, you have one body, there's always another race. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard when you're in the thick of wanting something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I see on, I see on our notes here that my next question is that that's happened to me and, um, <laughs> or has that happened to you? Queen of injuries. And, um, and it did happen to me, you know, with the 2006 Nike women's marathon. I mean, I got a very significant stress fracture in my heel and I mean, I was undone. I mean, I, 
I was undone. I was crying in the podiatrist's office. I was crying the whole way home. I was just a mess because I wanted that so badly. I wanted that race for so many reasons. And like, I wanted it like I wanted Iron Man. I, I, you know, it's, I, it's not how I feel at all about 70.3 right now. Like mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. it was part of my being. And so I found a way to do it and I found a way to do it on a bike. And when I rode my bike, my heel didn't hurt. If my mm-hmm. heel would have hurt, I would have quit even though I know it would have been hard. And I, you know, we had a magazine assignment riding on it. We ha- I had a lot of my mental health riding on it. I had, you know, a trip to San Francisco with my sister, with you, with my, my best friend in Colorado Springs riding on it. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have found a way to mentally reconcile that I could not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is hard when, I mean, you know, it's hard because sometimes you're like, okay, total first world problem, like hashtag, you know, like who gives a damn, right? You know, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I can't go run, you know, but it is, a, it's a big problem. It's a big problem sure. when it's your problem and it's what you want and you know you need mm-hmm. for whatever reason, right? Oh, that's, I just remember when, when I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't run. Oh my goodness. I'm going to gain 20 pounds and I'm not going to have that quote unquote excuse to get out of the house every day. And, mm-hmm. and be, to be outside, you know, my injury happened during the spring. I was like, oh, but I love being outside. What am I supposed to do? Just go stand in my yard for two hours so that I can enjoy the flowers and the birds exactly. and the sunshine? Just put your arms out. Come yeah. on, vitamin D. Soak me up. Soak me up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and yeah. also to have that, to, what I really found the most um, unsettling and, and upsetting was that lack of structure and that lack of schedule. And so that then when I could plug in some some workouts that weren't bad for my foot like you found biking wasn't bad for your heel you know then I was like okay okay I can get I can get a sweat on I can't get the sweat I actually want on but I can you know have have a little perspiration I can feel my lungs working a little harder and that can you know that can go a long way and you know it's just the more days that pass that that you can step back from that from the big goal from the race that you've been dreaming of you know with each passing day it gets easier and you gain acceptance and you realize that, you know, you still have in the big, big grand scheme of things, you know, you still have a life that is, you know, fulfilling and, and that, you know, and as you say, there's always going to be another race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when I got my second stress fracture, I wasn't training for anything, but I was so reluctant (laughs) to, to acknowledge that it was there and it wasn't as bad as my heel. Like it was just kind of this natty, painful, aching feeling that Mm -hmm. wasn't like with my heel. I mean, I would put pressure on it and it would just scream, you know, Mm -hmm. this was more, it was just a metatarsal issue. And I kept being like, okay, well, I'll just wear my shoes that, you know, have a really stiff sole. And then I don't have to put the boot back on, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did this for, you know, probably, you know, eight up three weeks, maybe four doing that. Mm -hmm. And I went, uh, I remember, I, I can't remember where I was, but I was talking to a physical therapist, not at an appointment, just like, you know, at a cocktail hour or something. (laughs) And she was like, you know, you have to stabilize that foot in order to let it heal. You can't mm-hmm. let it move at all. And I was like, okay, ding, 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 you know? And I remember pulling the boot out and it made me <laughs> cry all over again. But I was finally at the point where I was like, okay, I can pick this or I can pick, you know, six months of, you know, oh, it's going to heal. It's going to heal, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. 
Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love. And each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. No, just bite the bullet and get better because, I mean, the thing about it is, is coming back is hard, but it's, it's, it's better than, you know, like one solid comeback is so much easier than like eight kind of wimpy, mediocre, am I back? Am I not? Am I wishy-washy? I am. I don't know. Does it hurt? I can't Mm -hmm. tell, you know, where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, yes, I'm healing right now. And then yes, I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, it's very definitive and defined. And that's, there's something very crisp and lovely about that when you can kind of get past the, the anger and sadness of being injured. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of the, the injury chapter in train like a mother, how you have the, the six stages of an injury and the, you know, the grief, the acceptance, the, the, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, so the next um, reason why you should think about stopping training for a race or not, or not enlist for a race is time, um, which sounds super obvious. But, but that in, in one of our books, and for the life of me, I couldn't find it in our books, Timothy, but that we, we, we put together a list. We need a glossary in our books. I have, I have thought that because we hit on so many different things. And then it's like, gosh, what chapter was that in again? I can't remember. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'll just try speed read all, you know, 260 pages of it. <laughs> um, so that so we put together a list of reasons when it's not the best time to sign up for a race or step up to a longer distance things like you know your family's moving you, you or your partner starts a new job you or your partner suddenly has to travel a lot for work uh you know your kids are sick or you know they just found out they have a learning disorder that needs your attention you know basically all boils down to not having enough time and well and, and energy i mean an energy it's it's not always a time thing but like you know like something like that like a learning disorder where you're like okay ding 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 light ball we finally figured it out but how are we gonna get him now from point a to b or whatever mm-hmm. like that might not that might not take you know hours and hours of time but it certainly eats up your mental energy and your mm-hmm. it makes you stressed out and tired because it's a lot of effort you know mm-hmm. so 
I mean, the way that I kind of put this in, kind of um, organize it in my head is that if something in your routine is significantly changed, Mm -hmm. that is probably not the time to take on a hard race. Mm -hmm. And the the only exception I would say from that is if you're getting divorced um, and you need like an emotional outlet and Mm -hmm. you, you're, you're bought up with some time, you know, you're, you're given some time because, you know, hopefully there's a custody situation going on where you get a couple days off. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, then you've got time to fill and you need something to kind of channel all the emotions that come with something like that, right, Sarah? Uh, uh, as a person who has lived through a divorce, I I am nodding my head emphatically to that one. That's yeah. that's a really good uh, example um, of when you that the that emotional outlet and and um, you know kind of probably alone time, some time to think, really can come in handy. So and you know the but back to the the time thing that you know I mean none of us really have quote enough time to train for a race, but there really are times when there's just confines on your life that you have even less time than usual. And, and Kate commented on your half Ironman post. She said, I'm debating trying a marathon. I'm not afraid of the physical work that goes into it. It's the time factor that scares me. And, you know, to, to, you know, then it's, it's good to have that realization and to, to, you know, name what it is that's scaring you and, you know, accept it and, and decide, okay, you know, maybe this isn't my year or my, or my season to, to take on 26.2 or 13.1 or whatever it is. Sure. Sure. Um, and Janine also had a great anecdote about her training and racing this winter and spring. Um, she wrote, I spent the winter training for my first half marathon of 2014 last weekend, which came and went and was a real lackluster performance for me. After evaluating the stuff that was in my control, which included training, conditioning, nutrition, and was out of my control, this winter's weather, parents who are not healthy right now, and the race day weather, I decided against not doing a second half marathon in five weeks. What purpose would it serve? My my new mantra is build the house brick by brick, Um, which is lovely. I'm not sure. How how does that mantra fit into – can you explain that to me? Because, Sarah, I love that mantra, and I do too, but but how does it fit into – Well, so that she she – you know, to me, it it means that she, you know, has to take the, she went on to also sort of, I cut out part of it, but about she needs to get her nutrition in order and she needs to get kind of her, her schedule in order. And that, mm-hmm. so she, so that the, to me, the house is the race and that she's mm-hmm. going to put it together piece by piece rather than saying, oh, let's just slap it all together and throw it up and, and for that half marathon in five weeks, you know, yeah. you know, cause otherwise you can see like, you know, like the framed house and like, like something out of arrested yeah. development, you know, just falling to the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or I see like 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 you know if you're flipping a pancake. Let's hope it lands on the griddle. You know, like we're not sure, not sure exactly where to put it. You know, position underneath. But I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's worth saying. Um, I think what happens a lot because you work so hard to get to fitness for 13.1 or 26.2 or a hard race or whatever it happens to be that you want to capitalize on that fitness, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, oh. So I'm going to do a 13.1 today, and then in five weeks, I'm going to do another one. Mm-hmm. And I applaud that. And if your body and your mind and your life and your time and all that can handle that, that's great. And I, and I, and I mean that with all honesty. I mean, I think we both have met women like that can, that can just power through races, and it's not it's no break in their stride, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, for many of us, including me for sure, is that I can't do another race, you know, that, that I couldn't do two half marathons five weeks apart. 
Mm-hmm. Like it just, and not, and not that, I mean, I could probably physically do it, but I couldn't mentally get amped for that second one. Mm-hmm. And so my thought is, you know, pour it all into the first and maybe it goes well and maybe it doesn't, but you know, I think just trying to like kind of carry over fitness and do it again. I mean, definitely I've heard of a lot of stories where the second one goes better because you're wiser and you've figured out your nutrition or whatever. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not discouraging it, but I don't think that I don't think it comes automatically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I think, I think also sort of depending on where you live or who's your circle of friends, it, it, there can be a peer pressure that, that kind of gets you be like, oh, hey, you just did a half marathon. Come on. Well, what's your next race? And, or, wow, you know, you, you have all that fitness. The, let's do the, let's do a marathon. You know, it's like, oh, mm, ooh, peer pressure. You know, no, I don't want to smoke that cigarette. No, I'm not going <laughs> to stay out after my curfew. You know, I got to get home. It's the same yeah. sort of thing, you know, that, um, and Lindsay wrote a comment on your post that she said, sometimes there's so much pressure to train and race. People I know are always pointing out races I should do. It's nice to hear the other side of it, meaning your post, uh, choosing to spend more time with family and just doing what you love, not just going big all the time. So refreshing. And uh, you know, I, I maybe it's because I live here in, you know, running-centric, racing-centric Portland, but I just, I felt like there was a lot of that. The, oh, what, what race are you doing next, Sarah? What race are you doing next? I'm like, oh. I'm just hanging, like not doing any race. And, and I don't know, I, I get the sense that, I don't know if living near Boulder, Dimity, do you feel the same sort of way? <laughs> you know. Was that a rhetorical question? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was funny because I think I've talked about this earlier, but, you know, at Coeur d'Alene, Ironman Boulder had just been announced. Mm. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. the talk wasn't on, oh my gosh, we're going to do this great thing in two days. The talk was, who's signing up for Boulder? And are you mm. going to do Boulder? And of course you should do Boulder because it's your hometown and you can sleep in your own bed. And mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not doing this again. This is my one and only. Um, so yeah, I mean, the other thing about peer pressure and um, that it can come from your peers, which is duh, of course. But, but I mean, even like your best running friend, or you, maybe you have like a little pack that you, you know, of rotating women that you run with and say, you know, three of them want to run a marathon and they're trying to convince you to do it with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, there's a, that's, that's a really good reason to try it. But at the end of the day, again, sit by yourself. Does 90% of me want this? Does mm-hmm. 90% of me have enough energy to move around my schedule and get up really early mm-hmm. and go be out for two to three hours and then come home and be tired for the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, there are going to be runs where you're not together. It's going to get hard. I mean, that's that's the reality. That's why a marathon is hard is that the training is hard. And if the train, if you do the training right, mm-hmm. the race will go, you know, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um but that's there is a there are low points during the training where you have to sit and that's you know that's what happened with Iron Man is that I just was like I want this every time I was like I don't want to train anymore I'm sick of this but I wanted Iron Man with all of my being and mm-hmm. I and I you know I mean it's there's there's no other way to say it and I know that I've probably said it you know plenty of times enough but I just I just want to make that clear is that you have got to want it if it's going to be a really big big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Melissa wrote a great comment on your post some, somewhere along those lines. She said, I ran my first half marathon in 2012 and got so wrapped up in the further, faster run it all that I immediately jumped on board with running 
hashtag 13 and 2013, um, <laughs> which, which we know a lot of people did. You know, they wanted to run 13 half marathons in 2013. There's a, as Dimity might say, a lovely symmetry about that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, and she says by the, Melissa says, by the end of the year, I was burnt out and running became work, not something I enjoyed. I changed it up this year. And after a few months off and just a couple short races, I'm finding my love for the run again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My PS to that because I'm I feel like I'm like on a soapbox as big as the Eiffel Tower right now. <laughs> but but Bree, my coach, kept saying this has got to be fun. This mm-hmm. has got to be fun. Mm-hmm. And again, like every pedal stroke, every step, every stroke in the water, not fun. Mm-hmm. But the process, fun. Improving, fun. Wanting the race, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to my decision about Boulder, mm-hmm. I there was nothing fun. Like I mean, I put in that post. Like I was most excited to take a picture of the sheep. <laughs> like I was like, oh sheep, look. <laughs> The great sheep. And I had just, I mean, the ride that I had done previous, that was right towards the end. I mean, I was flying and I'm not one to give myself compliments, but I was yeah. like, holy cow, Dimity, you are really strong for not having ridden outside much. You know, I was uh-huh. like, I, you know, this is, I am in a really good place. Uh-huh. And yet I just, it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted the sheep, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, so I have to ask, since you, since you have decided to forego the half Ironman, have you rediscovered, rediscovered an urge to run, bike or swim? You know, it's coming slowly. I still, I'm so, you know, I obviously talked it out with Brie because she was coaching me for Boulder and she's going to continue to coach me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually going to do the Boulder Boulder, um, Mm -hmm. which is on Memorial Day. So that's a 10K. So Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be coming in under an hour and that. And so that's a nice distance for me right Mm now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I haven't, I have to say, I haven't rediscovered an urge to do that stuff yet. I mean, it's a pretty fresh raw decision i mean the race was father's day so it's mm. it hasn't even come and gone yet mm-hmm. um but i feel a lot lighter mm-hmm. i mean I, I can say that you know my workouts don't feel as onerous because it's a 10k that i'm training for mm-hmm. and not i don't have to run 13.1 miles after you know being in motion for three plus you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah. that 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 juice will come back and that's i mean i think that that's you know I just have to, I know my rhythms. I mean, when I wrote that post, I mean, what did I do? I can't remember. I think I've done six big events in 17 years or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but uh-huh. it was not one a year by any stretch. I mean, uh-huh. it's one every three to four or five years. I mean, was 10 years between marathons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I have to trust that the juice will come back and when it does, I will be ready to drink it. But I'm, I'm just not a perpetual racer. I'm just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that that brings us to mindset. The another very valid, uh, perhaps the, the most important one about when, uh, other than probably injury, of when to not do a race or when you know when to stop training for it or not even start training. Because you know, I th- it, there's there's no rule that says you have to always be training for a race. And that, you know, sometimes you need to move the other pots in your life to the front burner, which I, th- I think mm-hmm. you have done, which you realize, you know, with the pictures of your kids in that post, you, you know, um, realize spending some quality time with them was important. And so Michelle wrote on our site, I'm totally on the fence about doing a marathon in the fall, but I just finished a training cycle and I'm thinking I want to spend some time with my family. Thanks for sharing your brain heart struggle. Many can relate. It's a, it's important to you'd said you know to kind of sit quietly and determine whether you have that ninety percent fire that you were talking about. I think that is th- it's important to know yourself to you know that you know that you don't need a big event every year. You don't need or want a big event every year, and to kind of look at your reasons for why you're doing it, and to just know yourself and take a couple moments or you know 
maybe journal about it or just take some quiet time or, you know, when you're running or on a swim, something like that, to kind of examine your reasons and really think about it, to not just jump into a race because, you know, because your friends are doing it, because you're well-trained from that half marathon, whatever it is, to, to examine what's motivating you to do a race and whether you're really, you know, hungry enough to go after the, the next race. So, um, and and the reality is, is, I mean, you you know, you can journal, I think that those are all really valid suggestions. And I think that it's an important exercise, but I I can say with a hundred percent surety that most of us know in our guts whether or not we should do something, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, certainly you can force things one way or the other, Mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, if you feel lighter with the idea of a marathon fall marathon, not sitting on your shoulders, then don't put it there. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, I mean, that's, that's really the easiest thing because, you know, sometimes we don't have, you know, 30 minutes to sit down in a chair and really think about what our goals are. But I mean, I felt it when I was driving my kids to school. What mm-hmm. do I have to do today? I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, you just, it's this little kind of bee that's around your head all the time. And when you swat it away, if you feel better, then, mm-hmm. then that's your answer, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But you do have to lead a tiny bit of an examined life rather than just waking up and do, going through the motions. You have to kind of figure out why it is you're if they are just going through the motions or if you're doing it for a, for a bigger reason. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I'm not currently on a training schedule and I have been loving it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I still spend a good amount of time running just this morning. I was like, Hey, look at that. Molly and I still run for an hour on Monday and Wednesdays, even though we are not on a training plan. Um, <laughs> you know, we still run double digits pretty much every weekend, but you know, the distance and the intensity are my own choice and I know that I'm going to be training hard in a month or so for my fall marathon where I'm going to try to qualify again for Boston. But that, so for right now, I'm enjoying this lack of structure because I know soon enough I'm going to have a whole lot of structure in my, in my, in my workout. Well, and, and I mean, the question is, are you hungry for Boston? Do you want that? Oh, I put it out there. Oh, yeah. I'm most Well, sure. no, you put it out there, but do you want it? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, and but I see that's that's your answer right there. Oh know? yeah, oh, and I God, and yeah. I and I also love you know I mean I I love having a, a big race at least one big race a year. I mean I've had you know there's been a couple of years I've done two marathons in a year and that mm-hmm. that's it's just fine with me. So, yeah, you know well, that's which is great. That's your rhythm. I think that that's great, and you know that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say, but it's it's important to feel you know at least a little bit excited when you're aiming for a race. And there was a great comment from Audrey about this. She said, uh, thanks for keeping it real. She was speaking about your post. Um, I consider myself um, a mom and a wife before a runner. And it's important to keep that in perspective and to remember that we are human and we can't do it all. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Crystal said, wow, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that I am not alone in some of the thoughts that go through my head. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in what I feel like I should do sometimes to feed my self-esteem rather than what I want to do. It takes a lot to simply admit that right now is just not the time and even more to actually act on that. So, um, so I appreciate those, those props from those guys. Um, and, um, I mean, the other thing that I think I just want to mention, uh, as I climb even higher up the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> is um, it, and this is this is this sounds judgmental, and it's not, and it you know because I know that there are a lot of marathon maniacs out there and people who really thrive on going, 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 and going long and and pushing themselves. But for me, and again, this is just me, like I really cherish 
my long events, my big events. I mean, like I said on a podcast, like I feel like Iron Man's kind of in this snow globe that is just lovely and sits upon my shelf and I don't want anything to knock it or, or break it. You know, mm-hmm. same thing with the Nike women's marathon. I mean, I can remember so much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember so much of the New York city marathon and those, those are just such beautiful snapshots in my mind that I worry that if I just kept pushing and pushing, like the, the, those feelings would diminish. And this is just me speaking for me, you know? And so, you know, um, I just feel like it's such a journey and I just want to really soak it all in and appreciate that as for exactly what it is and not all of a sudden be looking forward and being like, okay, well, I'm doing Coeur d'Alene, but I'm going to do Boulder next year, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's just me, but, um, you and, know, and, just in case that resonates. And and now you have a book that you can literally look back on that, um, <laughs> on your, on your Coeur d'Alene, um, the book we gave you for your birthday. Oh, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, we're not writing about Iron, Iron Mother. I know. I love that book. Yes. You and our good mother runner pal, Denise, put together this lovely, um, a photo book with some great quotes. And of course I can't, wherever you are, be all there. I remember that one for sure, but uh-huh. some pictures from Iron Man, some pictures from Ron Disney, other pictures. Right, and I'm uh, like, yeah. how did you get all these? <laughs> like, it is amazing what you can find on the internet. I'm like, you didn't even reach out to Grant or anything. Like those, I've just put myself out there in tutus, in wetsuits, in bikes. In oh, we, we should admit we did reach out to Grant and your sister, Sarah, for the, the, um, where it all began, those few family oh, photos. Okay. Yeah. 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 Lovely, Although one um, of them, one of them, Denise, pictures. yeah, one of them, Denise found, I think it might've been from that essay that you wrote for that one site about the letter oh, to your six. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think she found, I did, she did find Denise, who's a, um, uh, internet sleuth for finding photos that she, I think she found one of those from there, but that one was from Sarah, your sister, and one was from Grant. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I th- and, and maybe a few from our Dropbox folder, but, but other than that, they were all from the Internet. So, um, so and I think that this is what I'd like to, to close this discussion on, it, which is um, a comment, again, on your post um, from our pal Laurel. And I, I know you can relate to this comment, Dim. So uh, it's kind of a long quote. I so totally get where you're coming from with this. I had a big race and time goals for myself this year and I changed them. There was a lot I want there's a lot I want to do, but I also want to enjoy it. I'm still training and doing races, but I'm sticking to half marathons this year rather than pushing for a marathon I don't want to train for. I'm super excited that my 10-year-old wants to do a 5K and I'm training my puppy to run with me. And then this is what was um, really stuck to me. Um, Sometimes I have to remember I started running to fight depression and I refuse to create my own anxiety just to hit a goal. Right on, Laurel. That's exactly it. I mean, exactly it. It shouldn't be a stress. It should be quote unquote fun. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if it's great, if it's just bringing you down to the point of you are just hating it and, and you don't see a a way out, Mm -hmm. then bail. I mean, no one is going to judge you. People will respect you and there will always be another race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen, sister. So, so let's let's end on that. And um, if you want, uh, I think. Are you sure? I can. You want me? I can probably talk for five more minutes. There's a couple. You there's a couple to... more rungs on the Eiffel Tower that you can keep climbing <laughs> yeah, exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Kidding. No, and I hope that I did. I really don't mean to come off as preachy at all. And uh, you know, that's obviously never my intent. But I just want people to give themselves permission to run. You know, two or three times a week for two or three miles. That's good enough for a lot of weeks. You know. 
now that mm-hmm. you don't have to always be striving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. Okay, I don't, now I'm I, really, I'll shut up now for the whole, the rest of the, the whole rest of the podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's the Sarah show. Okay. All right. Well, if you, if you want to hear more from us, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. Our store site is motherrunnerstore.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at The Mother Runner. Our books Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother are available on Amazon.com as well as MotherRunnerStore.com. And now I'm going to interrupt you again. Yes. Because if you do want some fun training that isn't too stressful, Mm -hmm. we've got our 13-point fun challenge that will run from July 7th to October 19th. You can find all the details there at MotherRunnerStore.com. We've also got... um, Party stops coming up this fall and um, and late summer in Salt Lake City, in Spokane, in Pittsburgh, and in Philadelphia. And you can find those under AMR in person on anothermotherrunner.com and RSVP there. So many happy miles to you, everyone. So let your heart-